Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. U.S. Center for Disease Control says avoid cruise travel regardless of vaccination status. China to jointly develop shield for immunity with developing countries. U.S. Treasury will support Puerto Rico foreign excise tax for one more year. Dominican Republic economy will have grown more than 12 percent by the end of 2021. New York City offers 1.5 million to assist newly arrived Haitian immigrants. And Puerto Rico's most rocking New Year's Eve in 500 years will roll out more quietly because of COVID-19. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, December 31st. We start a report today with a look at the latest impact to the cruise ship industry. Antigua Newsroom reports that the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention warned people on Thursday not to go on cruises, regardless of their vaccination status, because of onboard outbreaks fueled by the Omicron variant. The CDC says it has more than 90 cruise ships under investigation or observation as a result of COVID-19 cases. The agency did not disclose the number of infections. The viruses that cause COVID-19 spreads easily between people in close quarters on board ships, and the chance of getting COVID-19 on cruise ships is very high, even if people are fully vaccinated and have received a booster the CDC says. The Cruise Line International Association said it was disappointed with the new recommendations, saying the industry was singled out despite the fact they showed strict health protocols compared to other travel sectors. The decision is particularly perplexing that cases identified on cruise ships consistently make up a very slim minority of the total population on board, a statement said. The majority of those cases are asymptomatic or mild in nature, posing little to no burden on medical resources on board or offshore. The CDC on Thursday also recommended that passengers get tested and quarantined for five days after docking, regardless of their vaccination status and even if they have no symptoms. Omicron has sent cases skyrocketing to unprecedented levels across the United States, including Florida, the hub of the nation's cruise industry. The state set another record this week for new daily cases, with more than 58,000 recorded on Wednesday. The U.S. cruise lines have not announced any plans to halt trips, though vessels have been denied entry at some foreign ports. Bahamanews.net via Shinoa News reports that Chinese state councilor and foreign minister Wang Yi said on Thursday that China will uphold the principle of mutual assistance and jointly develop shield for immunity with developing countries. Wang made the remarks in an interview with Shinoa News Agency and China Media Group on the international situation and China's diplomacy in 2021. In response to a query about the measures China will take to further develop its relations with Africa and other members of the developing world. Noting that this year marks the 65th anniversary of the start of diplomatic relations between China and African countries, Wang said that not too long ago, China and African countries successfully held the eight ministerial conference of the Forum on China-Africa Corporation, despite the impact of COVID-19. 
President Jinping put forward the spirit of China-African relations and cooperation for the first time, set out four proposals for building a China-Africa community with a shared future in the new era, and announced nine programs for cooperation with Africa. All this marked a new milestone in the history of China-Africa relations, said Wang. China's relation with other members of the developing world include Latin America and Caribbean countries, Arab countries and Pacific Island countries have made important headway over the year, with fruitful results made in various areas of cooperation, he added. Wang said that China will continue to make all-out efforts to provide developing countries in need with COVID-19 vaccines and essential supplies to ensure vaccine accessibility and affordability in developing countries and help boost their capacity, confidence, and resolve to fight the virus. China will continue to follow the principle of pursuing the greater good and shared interests, advance strategic coordination with other developing countries, increase trade and investment, and expand critical cooperation to support other countries in enhancing capacity for sustainable and self-generated development, said Wang. China will strengthen exchanges and mutual learning with other developing countries in the field of political policy parties and political affairs, poverty reduction and development, and medical and health services, deepening friendships among the peoples, jointly safeguard the legitimate rights and interests of the developing countries, according to the foreign minister. The bond buyer reports that the United States Treasury agreed to provide support for Puerto Rico's Act 154 tax for an additional year. Act 154 is a 4% excise tax on the revenues of foreign corporate subsidiaries based in Puerto Rico. In 2011, the U.S. Treasury agreed to a tax credit for the Act 154 payments on a temporary basis. The credit has since been extended beyond its original sunset. Puerto Rico's Treasury Department announced on Wednesday the U.S. Treasury publication of a final regulation. Puerto Rico's Department of Treasury said it had made a great achievement in getting the U.S. Treasury to continue to accommodate Puerto Rico's Act 154 tax. Bloomberg reports that Puerto Rico's Secretary of Treasury, Francisco Perez Alicia, said that the U.S. Treasury postponement of ending the tax credit was a great achievement of Governor Pedro Perlusi and his team. Perez Alicia said that it is an important step to begin a necessary transition to bring Puerto Rico into line with the legal reality in international law matters. Act 154 revenues go to Puerto Rico's general fund, which will be used to pay general obligations and some other central government bonds once the current stay on payments is lifted. While Puerto Rico is part of the United States for tax purposes, it is considered a foreign land. Observers have worried that the loss of the federal tax credit would lead corporations to remove their operations from Puerto Rico. Many of the foreign corporations affected by Act 150 
54 are companies based in the United States. According to Puerto Rico, 10 corporations and partnerships paid 90% of all Act 154 taxes in fiscal year 2016. The law mainly affects corporations manufacturing pharmaceuticals and other high-tech products on the island. From July to October, the Act 154 excise tax accounted for 21% of the general fund net revenues, according to the Puerto Rico Treasury. A Puerto Rico government source said that the Puerto Rico Treasury is working on creating an alternative to Act 154. The source said it may be announced in a few weeks. The U.S. Treasury regulations establish new criteria for the way multinational corporations credit foreign jurisdictional tax contributions, including those paid in Puerto Rico. The regulations are partly a response to a deal reached in October by all but four of the world's nations to impose a global minimum tax on major multinational firms. St. Martin Island Times reports that the governor of the Central Bank of the Dominican Republic, Hector Valdez Albuzi, reported that the Dominican economy registered a growth between January to November 2021 of 12.5 percent, which ensures the conditions to close the year with an expansion that could exceed 12 percent, one of the highest growth rates in Latin America. During a press conference, Valdez pointed out that the monthly indicator of economic activity in November 2021 had a year-on-year variation of 13.1 percent higher than expected. He added that when comparing the accumulative results to November with the same period of 2019, economic activity was 4.3 percent above pre-pandemic levels. He indicated that the sectors that registered the highest growth compared to 2020 were hotels, bars, and restaurants at 38.3 percent, construction at 25.1 percent, free zone at 21.2 percent, transportation and storage 13 percent, trade 11.8 percent, local manufacturing also at 11 percent, other service activities 5.8 percent, and energy and water at 5.3 percent. He highlighted the acceleration in public investments in recent months, as announced by the President of the Republic, Luis Abner, and the boost in private investment in tourism, construction, and free trade zones. Likewise, he highlighted the behavior of the tourism sector, projecting that the arrival of non-resident visitors would be around 5 million by the end of 2021, a recovery in which the tourism cabinet has played a leading role. This good performance has been supported by the advancement of the National Vaccination Plan, led by the Vice President of the Republic, Raquel Pena, which has managed to inoculate approximately 77% of the adult population with one dose and exceeding 64% of two doses, one of the highest vaccination rates in the region, increasing the confidence of tourists to visit our country, Valdez said. The current account deficit for 2021 is expected to be around 1.9% of GDP, supported by the continuous flow of remittances that would exceed 10 
U.S. billion dollars this year. It is important to note that this deficit will be covered 1.7 times by foreign direct investment flows, which would be around three billion U.S. dollars at the end of 2021. He explained. He indicated that this significant inflow of foreign currency had favored exchange stability in such a way that, as of November 30, 2021, the Dominican peso exhibits an appreciation of 2.5 percent, contrary to the depreciation observed in the currencies of most Latin American countries. He highlighted that the increase in the receipt of foreign currency had allowed the accumulation of international National reserves, which reached 12,200 million U.S. dollars as of November 30, 2021, equivalent to 6.2 months of imports and 13.1 percent of GDP, expected to conclude the year in an amount close to 12.8 billion U.S. dollars. Trinidad and Tobago Newsday reports that the Tobago Business Chamber is hoping the new Tobago House of Assembly administration will push for the repeal of the Foreign Investment Act in the coming year. The chamber's chairman Martin George said that the act is preventing foreigners from making major investments in Tobago at a time when the island is desperately in need of business. We of the Tobago Business Chamber wish to see a renewed mandate from the Tobago House of Assembly in terms of its approach to dealing with the private sector and business in general, he said in a WhatsApp voice note. We look forward to having meetings and negotiations with them, and we certainly look forward, as a New Year's wish, to the Foreign Investment Act being completely and unconditionally repealed, because that is the greatest direct block to direct foreign investment into Tobago. George added, "It's absurd and appalling that this archaic piece of legislation remains on our books and is blocking direct foreign investments into." Tobago, at a time when Trinidad and Tobago needs foreign exchange and currency, we are foolish blocking foreign exchange and foreign currency from coming into Tobago, while other islands are rolling out the red carpet, welcoming investors. St. Kitts Nevis News Observer reports that. New York City's Mayor's Office of Immigration Affairs, Commissioner Raquel Batista, on Wednesday announced that the city will provide 1.5 million U.S. dollars in funding to help newly arrived Haitian immigrants in New York access immigration legal status and social services. This investment is part of the city's continued commitment in responding to Haiti's compounding crisis over the past few months, Batista said. We are excited to work with community-based organizations staffed by Haitian New Yorkers and located immediately within our city's Haitian communities, who provide daily support and services to their fellow community members, including those who have recently resettled in New York City. J. Philip Thompson, deputy mayor for strategic policy initiatives, said that while Haitian migrants continue to face uncertain future, it is imperative we continue to work with community-based organizations who have been leaders in helping this community. 
I'm looking forward to how this partnership will help expand the city's reach to the Haitian community and connect them to critical resources for their resettlement process, he said. As a proud Haitian immigrant, I understand the importance of prioritizing the needs of Haitian asylum seekers. Batista said that the funds will be distributed to community-based partners that will provide linguistically and culturally responsive case management and immigration legal services to newly arrived Haitian New Yorkers. She said case managers will work with newly arrived Haitians to determine eligibility for benefits and connect them to resources and services. Batista said legal services will include assistance in assessing temporary protected status and other humanitarian forms of relief, removal and deportation defense, and immigration legal services capacity, building among local community-based organizations and pro bono attorneys. Efforts will also include an anti-fraud and information messaging campaign across community and ethnic media, Batista said. In recent months, she said there has been a heavy increase in Haitian arrivals to the United States due in part to natural disasters and political upheaval in Haiti. Many of these new arrivals have resettled in the state of New York, which has the second largest population of foreign-born Haitians in the United States, Batista said. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica's Minister of Transportation and Mining, the Honorable Robert Montague, says the drive is on to get more Jamaicans trained locally for the airline industry, especially pilots. Speaking while on tour at the Tinson Penn Base Aeronautical School of the West Indies in St. Andrews on Wednesday, the minister said some 3,000 persons from Jamaica are in South Florida in the United States doing pilot training and he wants to see that number reduce. The aim is to get a lot of those Jamaicans home to be trained here. He noted that with training being offered at the Aeronautical School of the West Indies, the ministry is hoping that this this will enable more Jamaicans to be trained locally. The school was recently certified by the Jamaican Civil Aviation Authority, and Mr. Montague added that over 60,000 pilots are needed globally. The agency is seeking to certify two other organizations to increase training. He said as it is much cheaper to be trained in Jamaica, and persons can start at a younger age when the training is done locally. Mr. Montague further added that he has asked the Aeronautical School of the West Indies to increase aviation knowledge across the island and that they have risen to the occasion by designing a flight simulator. They are taking it to schools and to rural areas and the Airport Authority of Jamaica will be offering scholarships to persons living close to those aerodromes to further expand the aviation industry. He also also said the government has invested hundreds of millions to build pilot lounges at aerodromes and improve runways and other amenities at the facilities, as well as trained and employed air traffic controllers. We are investing in general aviation, the minister said. This year's New Year's Eve celebration will be a little more sober than anticipated on what marks a momentous year 
for the party-loving people of Puerto Rico to coincide with the 500th anniversary of its capital city in 2022. Puerto Rico is making its official debut on Dick Clark's New Year's Rocking Eve, hosted by the iconic TV show's first Spanish-language countdown to midnight. Though the global audience will still be able to watch the televised version, the Omicron strain of COVID-19 has muted the excitement by keeping the public from participating in person. In an effort to ensure the safety of both residents and visitors, the the governor of Puerto Rico, Pedro Perlusi, has announced scaling back the planned New Year's Eve celebration at Districo T-Mobile. Email discovered Puerto Rico's chief marketing officer, Leah Chandler, of the festive countdown and live musical performances scheduled for the brand new Districo Drinking, Dining and Entertainment Complex in Puerto Rico. Televised performances by headliners like Puerto Rican rapper Daddy Yankee and actor and singer Rosalind Sanchez will go on on ABC, as will the Spanish Countdown, starting just before 11 p.m. Eastern Time, midnight in San Juan. And though the crowds will be kept from Distrito, a record-breaking number of them will presumably be partying elsewhere. The governor has long required visitors arriving by ear to Puerto Rico to show a negative test result or risk quarantine. And bars and restaurants currently require patrons to show a vaccination card or a negative test result, no greater than 48 hours old. Large events require a negative COVID test taken within 48 hours in addition to proof of vaccination. With 89% of the eligible population receiving at least one dose of the vaccine and 80% fully vaccinated rate, Puerto Rico boasts one of the highest vaccination rates in the United States. Chandler said that while New Year's Eve celebrations will be virtual, the island is beyond prepared and rather excited to continue welcoming travelers. Dick Clark's New Year's Rocking Eve with Ryan Seacrest 2022 validates our island's stature as a must-visit destination, more than capable of hosting events of this magnitude all while continuing to keep the public's health and safety in mind every step of the way. This event rockets Puerto Rico into a new realm of entertainment events unlike ever before. And finally, Dominica News Online reports that renowned photographer, comedian, and actor Jordan Megan Jerome, popularly known as GK, is unlocking a new level in his career under his GK Media Productions with the release of the first ever short film title, It's Not Enough. Written by Jerome and Company, directed by Chanel Morris, the production, which is expected to be released on January 1st, 2022, features its main character, Haitian Samson Matosak Camille, and depicts the inequality and non-national faces while living in Dominica. This short film will serve as a tool to launch our GK Media Production Entertainment mission, which is to continue entertaining and educating the public using various creative film and skit. Jerome, the mastermind behind a production reveal. For many who know his creative work, Jerome has done in the past includes the now popular What's This? Game 
game show on his social media skits featuring Tyrella. They can rest assured that the 17-minute long, comedic yet emotional tugging film will be nothing short of amazing. You can join the team at midnight on at What's This YouTube channel to see for yourself. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Friday, December 31st. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news right here, Monday through Friday. Be sure to spread the word to your family, friends, and associates as we look forward to sharing more news of the region in 2022 and beyond. As always, for more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at Pulse of the Caribbean and be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, Now Meta. We'll see you in the new year.